0: The
1: sound of dry bones rattling Pentecostal fire Stirring something new You're not gonna run out of miracles anytime soon
0: Resurrection power Runs in my veins too I believe there's another miracle here in this room. This is the sun that dry bones rattling. This is the place making death.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Kathy Connor, and I am so honored to be one of the pastors at First Pres. And I'm really glad you're here because guess what? Every Sunday is Easter Sunday because Jesus is alive, and that's what we celebrate here. And whether you came into worship, After a weekend full of relaxation and fun, or a weekend full of anxiety and stress, I promise you that in this next hour, you are going to encounter the risen Jesus who is eager to meet you just as you are, whatever shape you're in, to speak into your life, to help you, and to encourage you. If you're new to First Prez, we're so glad you came, and we want you to know that we are here to serve you in any way that we can. At First Prez, we are about building real relationships with each other and with God so that real transformation can take place. If you would, please fill out the Connect Card on our website after worship, or you can access it by scanning this QR code, it will take you directly to the card. That will enable us to care for you, pray for you, and help you get connected into the life of the church. For those of you um, online with us, please share this service on Facebook so that other people can worship with us this morning. Please pray with me now. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we came into this place with the assurance, with the confidence that you are alive. You're as near as our breath. You're seated with us. That Easter isn't just a one-off, it's today. We're celebrating this truth, Lord, because we don't know where we would be unless it was true that you are alive and that the same power that raised you from the grave is at work in our lives. Lord, we are counting on that to be true. It gives us hope. It encourages our soul, especially about the things that feel like a dead end. Oh God, there are people on our hearts this morning who need you, who need that sense of assurance that you are not only alive, but that you are at work in their life, bringing healing, bringing wholeness, bringing encouragement, bringing good news, bringing favor and blessing. So in the silence of our hearts, we lift them up to you now by name. Jesus, we also pray over Annetta Monroe's family and friends, over all of us. Annetta, our beloved choir director for decades in this church who passed away this week. Lord, we know that she is singing with you in a choir of angels, but our hearts are broken. Lord, we also pray over Susan Denny and Jerry Denny. Jerry, as he continues, to go through therapy for cancer, but Susan, as she cared for him after having a heart attack this week, Lord, it's just been discouraging. We just ask that you lift up this couple and care for them. Lord, we also pray over Joanne Harvey, who continues to battle all kinds of health complications, but Lord, she loves you and she's counting on you to renew her strength and put her back together again. We pray for Jackie Faircloth, asking, O oh Lord, that you would speak into her soul a fresh word, and that you would bring healing to her body and healing to her family as they care for her. Oh God, we need you. Help us, Lord, to worship now with expectation of a real encounter with you, an experience with you this morning, that sends us out the door with new hope and a new vision about who we are as we make ourselves available to you, amen. Now is the perfect moment for you to jump up to say hi and meet the people around you, and this includes all of you online as well. Use the chat line, greet each other there.
1: In person, let's stand up for worship.
0: I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah.
2: this summer is called Soma and it's at the beach. It's a private beach near Panama City and our director of student ministries Bryce Lynn is eager for you to sign up for this amazing trip from June 21 to 25 with a $100 deposit. Teenagers from all over Tampa are going to be a part of this trip And Bryce is going to be outside on the sidewalk, ready to answer any questions that you might have.
3: (laughs) Better together. Check the picture out. What you see is your buddy Fitz. Doing what he does every single morning, really, at O Dark Thirty Early at the YMCA. And the man who I am there with is my friend Nate. Nate also gets up at O Dark Thirty and works out every single day at the YMCA downtown, Fort Brookway And we discovered, Nate and I did, after friends, after groaning together, lifting weights, doing push-ups, we discovered that both of us were pastors. How about that? So during lockdown, when we were only doing virtual, Kathy and I visited their church. It's a small church. there are over on Oregon, just south of Kennedy. And next Sunday, Nate and his team are coming here and they're leading our worship service. Music, the sermon, all kinds of stuff. And so, and so it's just that simple. It's gonna be different. And the way those folks worship is somewhat different than the way we do. And Nate and I agree that we do this thing about following Jesus better when we do it together. And so I hope just the image of us taking this, this little step to try to say, hey, it's, it's really a witness to the goodness of Jesus Christ when human beings can do things together that often they don't do together. And so those folks are gonna be here with us. They're, they're rehearsing music this Tuesday night right here in this room and we've visited and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's just gonna be a great experience. So I invite you to make a special effort. Those of you who are online, maybe you'll feel comfortable to come and be here. Their congregation, which is small, is all coming here instead of over to their place and we'll be fe- streaming their signal through their Facebook, so there are folks who are always online only. They'll they can So all that's going to be great. So Better Together, next Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, like we always do, except we're going to have a bunch of great people here j- enjoying worship with us. Too. And so that's, that's what I wanted you to be aware of. The other thing I wanted to say is this. My friend Matthew Snook is going to come up here. Matthew is a leader. He's generous. He's a part of serving and leadership on the stewardship committee of the First Presbyterian Church. And Matthew is here to tell you, a little bit about where we are and what we hope with respect to stewardship. Thank you, Matthew.
4: Good morning. I am Matthew Snook, as uh, Fitz said. Been on the Stewardship Committee a couple years now. Um, 2020, quite a year, huh? My uh, second failed attempt at growing a mullet, 1983, I didn't learn anything. So Um, I did get a haircut yesterday though, so I've seen my, I can hear now, it's awesome. Um, interesting year for everybody, tough year. 2020 was a tough year. As we go to the next slide, you'll see how it impacted our church. You have may, may have received at home or seen online the annual uh, report from the church, and it's going to have a lot of these numbers in it, so some of these you may have seen before. As you can see, from 2019 to 2020, our operational giving dropped about 18%. The good news is from 2019 to the 2020, our operational giving only dropped 18%. It's a pretty astounding accomplishment given the challenges of 2020, thank you all. This congregation remains extremely generous, extremely focused on doing God's work through your generosity, through your gifts, through your time, everything that you have given. So wonderful results really for 2020, thank you so much. As we look at the next slide, we can see how our operational expenses were covered. One of the things that happens at a time when the economy shuts down, a lot of the church operations kind of shut down from the perspective, we weren't here, right? We were at home. You don't have to air condition the building quite the same way when the building's empty. So we had, uh, the the church staff did a fabulous job of cutting back on operational expenses to every extent that they could. So you can see that between the operational giving and the grants that we received during 2020, that that compared to the expenses, we actually had a net income of $30,000. So 2020 came out to be a really, really good year from the church. Again, um, your your generosity really led that effort. It was a wonderful year. This year, we're going into it with a lot of of optimism about things that we want to accomplish. So as we look at the next slide, you can see, by the way, Fitz put me up here because he knows how much I like to talk, so he did limit me to 30 minutes. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, So these are some stretch goals that we put out there for the church. Uh, 78% of parishioners giving, we saw a rise in that last year. We saw a significant rise in automated giving last year. But we have a goal for automated giving this year of 57%. And then the last one, I think, personally, to me, it's the most important. I'm not sure it is to the staff, but if we can cover approximately 90% of our operational expenses without exceptional giving, that means our church members are really stepping up and recognizing the importance of just keeping the lights on and keeping the programs running. This is all, you know, we we do so much in this community, and the next slide talks about some of that, but, but that big objective on the bottom there, be all in, that's kind of the mantra for 2021, be all in. 2020 items to celebrate. Recurring giving did go up. I mentioned this a moment ago. Recurring giving did go up significantly last year. Went up by 65%. Recurring giving, just the importance of that uh, shouldn't be underestimated. It's really a lot easier for church staff to be able to budget appropriately and make sure that as as needs arise in the church budget that they're going to be covered adequately by knowing the money that's coming in the door. So the recurring giving definitely um, gives that a lot, makes that a lot easier task for, for the folks uh, in, in finance here. Um, we did have 48 new first-time givers in 2020. That's a remarkable statistic given, again, the, the, the situation of 2020. So that worked out really well, and we significantly impacted our community. When a lot of other charities were really having trouble making uh, the programs that they had always uh, sponsored you know, come to fruition last year, our church, through Matthew 25 and so many of the other things we do locally here, really impacted this community positively in a way that was, I won't say it's more meaningful, but it felt more meaningful, at least to me, because it was such a tough year otherwise. 2021 goals, again, all in participation, really getting people focused. And by the way, I mean, the church needs monetary gifts, and so that will happen but there's a lot of ways for you to give. It doesn't have to be that way. If your gift is time, if your gift is prayer, if your gift is encouragement, whatever you can give, however you can give, we need that support. So thank you for that as well. Um, We'd like to continue to increase recurring giving, as I mentioned, and then finally to continue our financial support for Young Life in South Africa. So that's an important ministry to this church, it's an important uh, ministry for staff, and so that's something we're gonna focus on this year as well. the only other thing I will mention, every week this slide comes up here, there are a lot of easy ways to give. So if you want to get a recurring giving online, you can do it easily through the Alexo app. This, this page shows the five different ways of giving, but it's, it's been made easy. And I will tell you, just for me, I'm inherently lazy. I set it up January 1st, set it up for the whole year. I don't have to think about it. I just get my email every Sunday saying, yeah, you did it. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I did that. But it's it's a good thing, so it's a lot easier for you. So that's it, uh, unless you have any questions, in which case, you should call Tony Haroon, Tony at FirstPriestTampa.org. Ask Tony any questions you have. That's all I got. Thanks very much.
1: All right, let's stand up for worship.
5: It's a sneak peek about what's coming after yeah. this song. So just wait for that one. Catherine's gonna rock that coming up. So.
1: So as we start this new series, starting today, we have a new song that we'd like to introduce to you called Available. And it is quite fitting because it's something that so many of us struggle with, making ourselves available to the people and the things that are important, our family members and God. So I encourage you for the next 30, 45 minutes to be intentional, At First Presence, you are in a safe space. And I encourage you to take this time to soak in the presence of the Lord. Being that you're in this safe space, I encourage you, if you want to close your eyes, feel free to do so. If you feel led to just stand in silence and just listen, feel free to do so. If you wanna sing or raise your hand, again, you're in a safe space encourage you let's soak in the presence of the Lord and make ourselves available
3: If someone had called you two weeks ago and said I have tickets to the Thursday of the masters tournament would you have been available (laughs) there's lots of master shirts in the room this morning because this place here's your answer by the way bucket list your answer is yes I'm going If they call you, whatever you were doing, just don't do it. Even if you loathe sports and you think golf is the most mind-numbingly, unbelievably boring thing you ever saw on television, how could anybody watch it? If that's who you are, say yes and go anyway because you're going to see the most beautiful 348-acre garden you ever saw in your whole life. This place is awesome. But if you get the call, say, yes, I'm available. And that's, we're messing around with, with that available idea by talking about Augusta. But it is Sunday, and it is the golf tournament's last day. And I will be going home and putting on my Augusta shirt, and I'll be watching along with the rest of you. I will not be playing golf today. I'll be watching golf get played, get played well. Our post-resurrection posture, post-resurrection posture towards life towards God, towards needs around us, towards answering the question, am I called? The answer is make myself available. But let's just ask the question, a basic question. Is God calling you? Now, if I ask that question, here's what I think many people think. This is what I'm guessing you would say, many of you. No. No, I don't don't think God's calling me. And if I was to ask, say a little bit more, here's what you might say. God calls people in some big, dramatic way and their life changes and they go and do something new. And oftentimes the new thing they do means a dramatic change in their socioeconomic status. So you might think that that's what it means to be called by God but what we want to explore in this available series is this there's that's not the case that's not the biblical picture of being called that's not the God reality picture of being called if we put the pressure on ourselves to think we have to come up with some big huge hairy audacious unbelievable kind of big thing and let's work towards getting there then oh yeah we're all going to be scared off But being called by God is a fundamental truth about what it means to be God's people and every single one of us has been and is being called by God. So that's the first thing I want to try to convince us of this morning. We are called. So we take this one line that comes from the great apostle Paul writing to his friends who are in the city of Ephesus. There was someone visiting us last Sunday from Turkey. That's where Ephesus was in the middle of what modern-day Turkey is. And I had a brief discussion with him about this kind of thing. But anyway, he's writing to these people in Ephesus and he writes these words to them as a prisoner of the Lord. And what Paul means by that is he's once again got himself thrown in the crossbar hotel somewhere. He's in the slammer, probably in Rome. I urge you, he says, to these followers of Jesus in this city, Ephesus, in the surrounding region, the little clusters of gatherings of people, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling of you have received. In fact, in the Greek text, I don't know why in English they say received here. It says worthy of the calling by which or to which you've been called. The word appears twice. It jumps off the page on the Greek text. What Paul is saying is if you are connected to Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, oh, absolutely. You've been called. But again, let's go to our real life, everyday modern 2021 world. We don't feel that way, many of us, because we think it's so big and so hairy and so dramatic. And again, my goal is to say that right now, what I want you to understand is from the perspective of the Bible, Paul gets us started by saying, oh yeah, you've been called, live that way. And then I wanna go back even further. I wanna go to page one to make my point even more forcefully. And I'm not making my point. I'm making the point of God reality. I'm making the point of the truth of Scripture. So we go to the very first page and we hear about how God made us. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Now, I'm just diving in. It would, you could read the whole chapter and the next chapter and you'd get even a more fuller picture of this. But look at what Paul says in Genesis chapter, 20, in chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. God who is this fellowship of the three in one, is just sitting around saying, I, I'm just so full of love, this is what I'm gonna do. Let us make human beings, mankind, man. Let's make man in our image, in our likeness. So the almighty God of the universe, friends, says, I'm going to make human beings and they're going to be like me. I want you to just realize how powerful, page one, foundational that is for everything we do, how we treat people. Image of God is what we are, our likeness and then watch what happens next. We're given stuff to do, a calling. I'm going to make them like me and then I'm going to give them some really great stuff to do. And this is in the worldview of people hearing this for the first time. They would have been largely agricultural farmers, animals, plants, growing stuff. And so notice that's the the context into which these words come. And I'm going to let them rule over the fish in the sea. I I, I don't know how that works because I don't ever catch them when I go out there and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over the creatures that move along the ground. God says, I'm going to put these image bearers in charge of my creation and they're going to take care of it. You could use the word manage it. You could use the word steward steward it. I want to give you a new way of thinking about it. We are God's image bearing partners. Have you ever thought about it that way before? You are God's partner. I am God's partner in this great project that all humanity would flourish and we're a part of making everything flourish in a way that would please God, in a way that was designed by God so that human beings and everything in the universe flourishes and does well and we get to enjoy and participate in all that. Image bearers made in God's likeness, oh goodness are you created to be called, am I being called? Answer is yes, absolutely. It's fundamental to our existence. And so we get God saying, I think I want to do this and this is who they're going to be and this is what I want them to do. And then verse 27, he says, and so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. We are image bearers. And so yes, friends. Even if you don't feel it in your experience, I want you to know that in the truth of the Bible, the beginning point about how we build our lives is you may not feel it, you may not experience it, but it's the reality. And the challenge that we're going to work on for the next few weeks is how can we make ourselves available to understand in ordinary, everyday ways how it is that you and I are called. So is God calling us? Absolutely. I should stop and say, by the way, this garden where all these people are living, where they're taking care of cool stuff, it, it looks a little bit like Augusta National. <laughs> I, I just had to say that. <laughs> Can't help myself. If you've been there, you know, I, who's been to Augusta National? Am I telling the truth or what? Huh? Oh, I got a maybe over here. <laughs> That's good. Yes, we're called. Oh, absolutely. We're called. We are image bearers, God's partners, but we want to take the heat off by putting the pressure on ourselves by making it sound like we have to be doing something super sacrificial, super, super, different, dramatic change. It's about a being available in what I want to call the next step principle. How can I right now in the present moment take the next step by making myself available to God so that God can use me? And what I've found in my life is it's those little steps along the way. Sometimes for some of us, yeah, drama happens. No question about it. Big stuff happens. And we, you know, maybe little step, little step, little step, little step, little step and then a real big change. But sometimes not that. Sometimes you're just a little bit more clear. That I'm supposed to be a good husband. Just another step towards being a careful and loving father. And just one after the after the other after the other, and ten years later I look back and said, "Man, all those steps really did add up to something really important about being a husband, about being a father, about working hard, and doing a good job, etc." So yeah, you've been called, I've been called. That part is just not negotiable in terms of biblical reality, biblical truth, God truth. In fact, you're God's partners. We're image bearers. But look what Paul says to his buddy Timothy. Don't get all thinking like you're all that. Look at what Paul says. God has saved us and God has called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Jesus Christ before the beginning of time. So here's what Paul's trying to say to Timothy. It's a gift. And yes, you have flaws. If you caught the opening line in that song, there's brokenness in my life, as broken as my life may be in the song available, but I'll still give you every piece. So yes, we have brokenness and brokenness is a given also that does not disqualify you or for me from having a calling. It means it's about God's grace. It means it's about God saying, I have something for you to do and brokenness is a part of life as well. So you're not disqualified. In other words, what Paul is trying to say is making ourselves available, if I could just couch it slightly differently, looking for ways to help us all engage with this. Being called is as much about who we are as it is about what we do. Who we are matters as much as what we do. Now, for me as a man, a lot of times I'm so focused on what I do, my job, and I, I think this is true for us. Maybe it's true for women too. I know it's true for many men. We're so focused on our vocation in terms of employment and our, our profession or our job or our work. is I, I get mixed up and I think I'm not really okay with God unless my performance in my job is good. And of course, I don't think God wants me to do a bad job. In fact, I think God wants me to do my job as best I can do. And I think God wants you to do your job the very best you can do. But being uh, connected to Jesus Christ, and as Paul says here, to live a holy life. What he means there is, the word life, by the way, is also, I don't know why in English they put life. It says calling in Greek. It's the same noun. A holy calling. And holy means this. It means set apart. So God has set me apart. Why? Well, I know it's because I'm supposed to be a husband. I know I'm a father. I know a guy that likes to have fun. and I like friends. I like to have fun and laugh and play. And I know I was set apart also to also do the leadership that I do in this church. But before that, it was leadership at Eckhart College as a chaplain and a dean. Before that, it was leadership in the mission and ministry of Young Life. So yeah, I got set apart. You got to take off the myth that somehow being holy means I'm perfect. Because there are no perfect people, in fact, we just sang it in the song, we're available to God broken pieces notwithstanding. So you've been called, another way of thinking about call is set apart for a purpose. Remember image bearers, we were set apart to make all of creation and all relationships flourish. So we're beginning to ask the question, how has God set me apart? How has God set you apart? It's a great question to ask. Calling isn't some big, huge, uber important, although some of us have uber important jobs, calling is just simply this, it's taking the next step. And there's a person here this morning who's gonna step up here right now and talk about being available. And this is Catherine Ryan. She's Catherine with a C and two A vowels, no E's. And she's Ryan, not R-Y-A-N. R Y U N, and Catherine has been through quite a week, and she's made herself available, and the team, the, the team, just in prayer came to her to, and asked her if she would come and talk about it, and she said yes, and I'm going to allow Catherine to share her powerful story with you. Thanks,
5: Fitz. Like that said, I'm Catherine Ryan, and uh, I'm a transplant from San Diego. I moved here about three years ago. I moved because the company I was working for got bought by a company here. So I moved from my job, a job that I loved, gave me great joy. But it was crazy busy, lots of stress, lots of responsibility. And uh, that pre-COVID included a lot of travel. Post-COVID was still crazy and busy and stressful. But at the end of July of last year, uh, due to COVID, I was part of a massive layoff. And all of a sudden, my busy, busy world uh, stopped. And I had a lot of time to be quiet. And after about a week of just having some emotions and crying it out, um, the Lord really gave me a peace. Uh, and he gave me the beautiful gift of time. And I had time to seek the Lord and to have solitude with him. And to really pray about what, what were my next steps in life. You know, he's given me um, talents and gifts just like he's given you all. And I really wanted to know what the next step was to bring him joy and to bring joy to others and to have that fulfillment. So much of life can be filled with hurriedness and just the stress of the world. And so, like I said, it's important. It's hard to find that time of solitude. Sometimes it's presented to you involuntarily, other times you have to make time for it. Um, But I just took that time to lay my desires before the Lord. I talked to him about everything, all the desires, my longings, um, and just took some time to surrender and really just put that before him. And I can't reiterate enough uh, just how important it is to get in the word, get in that Bible, have time of prayer. I read yesterday um, that reading our Bible motivates us, but having a time of prayer is what ignites our Christian walk. So they go hand in hand, and I cannot... Um, you know say that enough I've been raised in a Christian home and had that blessing but I recently have just put even more like not effort but just uh, an emphasis and made time for reading through the word of God and having time with him and so many times like Fitz said you know the, the calling thing you might be sitting there thinking oh do I am I in my calling do I have a calling the beautiful part is we get to make it easy on ourselves and hard on God. The easy part is we put our desires before the Lord, what we would like to do, what he's given us giftings to do. The hard part is on him. He takes all that kind of chaos and he puts it into order. And so the first step, the first, um, you know, direction that I had was a part-time job. And that's something that I could do from home. And it's working with my dad's running camp, the Jim Ryan running camp. And it's something that I've had a passion for for years, but I've only had one week every summer to give. And we work with youth throughout the year, uh, just encouraging them in their faith walk, encouraging them to love the Lord. Obviously, it has a lot to do with running. um, But it's all mind, body, soul. And we also communicate throughout the year with them. Then also the Lord provided um, an opportunity for a big desire in my heart to become a mom. There are probably things in your life that you said you would never, ever do. I never, ever thought I would become a foster mom. But the Lord put it on my heart, provided an opportunity, provided the people. All of a sudden, these foster people came out of the woodwork. And I was having these conversations and got led to start the training. And the Lord took me through that training. And I'm continuing to learn um, that as life, you know, life most of the time doesn't work out the way that we think it's going to. But that's okay. As we keep our eyes on the Lord and we keep seeking him, we pivot with God. We pivot with him and we, through the surrendering process and through trusting his process, we come to the point where we're on the same page with him. And it's such a beautiful gift to get there. So about four weeks ago, I got licensed uh, officially to be a foster care mom. And it seemed like an eternity before I finally got the call for placement. And that call uh, came last Monday. At 3:30 p.m., and fortunately, thanks to thanks to Kathy and the the people that she encouraged to help me, I was ready. I had all the supplies that I needed. I'd been waiting on this little this little person, and I got the call at 4:30. I was in the Car, sorry. I got the call at 3:30. I was in the car at 4:30, and at 5:30, I had baby Z in my car on the way home. At four days old, he was just a tiny little nugget, and I was excited. I was nervous. I. It was just a. It's a wonderful journey of trusting the Lord. I've been a nanny. I'm an aunt of 13. I have experience, but once you get that little person in your own home, that's a whole new as a whole new experience and. Not much sleep, let me tell you. Um, But it's an example. Monday was an example of when you make yourself available to the Lord, you just got to get ready because he can move quickly. And it's important to remember that, like we sang just a little bit ago, that God's working behind the scenes. You know, we may not feel it. We may be thinking that our prayers are unanswered or that life is mundane and we're just plodding through. But as we continue to seek him and trust him, uh, he's working, and he's, he's going to bring to fruition, you know, whatever that calling is on your life. Last week, those last five days, Monday through Friday, were some of the most beautiful days of my life. Yes, I didn't sleep much at night, um, but as much love as I gave to baby Z, I was receiving love, and it was such, such a gift. Um, you may notice that I'm speaking in past tense, because Monday I got a call about 1.30, and it was that they had found uh, the baby's grandparents, And I had three hours to package that little guy up and we had a bath time and I got him nice and good smelling for his grandma and I went and and dropped him off. I had said one last little prayer over him, gave him a kiss, um, put him in the car seat and sent him off with his grandparents and let me tell you that was hard. but I'm telling you, last week was just a beautiful, beautiful gift. We prayed together. I sang over him. Um, he listened to the Bible while he was sleeping. He listened to the Psalms, and I thought it was pretty funny because one time I walked through the room, and uh, David in the Psalms was talking about, God, kill my enemies and smite them. Well, I thought, well, you know, most of the Psalms are good, So, <laughs> but this little guy, he just got filled up with God's word and God's love um, throughout the week, so a couple things that happened throughout last week, too, was just the Lord confirming in my heart um, that that foster care is what I am called to do. It's hard, but it's what I'm called to do. I had such a content, peaceful, wonderful week. Um, and also that I can do it. You know, that obviously I can't do it on my own. I have a, a lot of support. I've never felt more support um, for people in this room, from people online, uh, friends and family across the nation. Um, But he gave me the strength to do it, and he's going to continue because yesterday I uh, did laundry, got ready, um, you know, put all the little baby things away, washed all the bottles, and I'm ready for my next call. So who knows when that will come? Um, But I just answer every call, even if I don't recognize it. Um, But I want to encourage you today. So as we start this series on becoming available, open up your heart to the Lord and just put your desires before him. You know, the Lord is a gentleman, he comes to our door and knocks. He doesn't just barge in. That's the wonderful thing. But as we put our desires before him and we just lay those longings before him, he loves to hear us. He loves to um, just fulfill those desires. And we may not know what it is, but he sure does. So just trust the process and trust in him and just keep surrendering. He has good things in store and he wants to bless you. Thanks for listening.
3: You could sense Catherine's emotion and she said on Monday at 1.30 she got a call she meant on Friday so she had little baby Z for, for several days and um, I know that that broke your heart as well as your heart is prepared to do this again and we're just inspired by it. I have a couple of questions for you before we pray. That's just this simple. Catherine said it. How much thought, this is the challenge for us, how much thought have you been giving or do you give normally? To this idea of being called maybe it's as simple as making your desires known and then being open to what might happen sometimes when you least expect it ask yourself the question how am i being called or another way of saying it is this how can i make myself available to god's call on my life in some kind of next step today, tomorrow, this coming week. Let me pray for us. Gracious God, you are a loving Father. You've gifted us. We are, in fact, a very high-capacity group of people. And we thank you that we're learning that you have, in fact, called each one of us. And you've also called us all together to do things as a family, as a body. And you gifted us in so many ways, in high capacity ways, in unique ways. And these gifts you want us to use as your image bearing partners. So that folks around us in our relationships, in our businesses, in our community, that they might flourish that life would flourish, that people who don't know they're loved by you would come to know they're loved by you. Gracious God, we get to be a part of your magnificent project of bringing all people back to yourself and making the entire universe over again. We're in on it. Help us, gracious God, right now today to take our next step, whatever that might be this week. We want to work with you. We want to work for you. We want to work alongside you. Use us in big ways and in small. All this, gracious God, we ask in the name of Jesus who takes up residence inside us and makes us alive again as new image-bearing people. Amen. My friends, I'm going to invite you to stand as we hear this outro. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to start... I want you to commit to a step. I want you to live it out this week.